helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is entitled Seven Differences Between Male and Female Psychopaths. And yes, you might be wondering, why is it that you choose to do a show about psychopaths on a Christian counseling station. Stay tuned, because as we go through the show today, you're going to understand why this topic is relevant for our churches and for our care organizations when it comes to psychopaths. So again, we want to welcome all our first-time listeners and our regular listeners. But for first-time listeners, we want to remind you that we are a Christian counsel organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. If you're new to Elam, you can find out more about us by going to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry. You can also call us at our toll-free number, 1-877-544-3546. We want to remind you that all our podcasts are now on our YouTube channel, and you have over 230 past episodes that you can now tune in to. We want to remind you also that we have a retreat that's upcoming on the 8th to the 10th of November. And these retreats, this retreat, I should say, is going to be held at Providence Point. And this is in Lanark, Ontario. I know that we have, we are now having visitors to our retreat from the States. So we just want to remind you that yes, it's, it's in Ontario, Lanark, Ontario. If you have any questions, again, give us a call, 1-877-544-3545. So yes, today's show, we are going to be talking about seven differences between male and female psychopaths. We know the stereotype description of psychopaths where they commit horrific murders, where they lack empathy, or where they're they're thirsty for power and they will do anything to get to the top of organizations. But that doesn't tell the full story because research is now coming out that shows that female psychopaths display different characteristics and may fly under the radar in organizations because they do not fit the typical description of psychopaths. When it comes to psychopaths, we are told that uh, research shows that about 1% of the population are psychopaths. And when it comes to female psychopaths, it's about 0.3% of the 03 to 0.7% of the population that are psychopaths. But the researchers are saying that the numbers may actually be higher than that because many of the tests that the the, the way that we test for psychopaths may not pick up female psychopaths. They're actually saying that they, they, the number may be higher than the 0.7% that 
are, are said to be female psychopaths. So why are we talking about psychopaths? Well, first of all, it is very common. If one in a hundred uh, people are psychopaths, then we can be assured that if we have a church of 300 there might be three psychopaths in the church. So that's the first thing that it's fairly common. The second reason why it's important for us to talk about the differences between male and female psychopaths is that if we are not aware of the characteristics of psychopaths, and especially female psychopaths, they can do a lot of damage to our organizations and take advantage of people in our organizations. And so it's very important for us to, to understand how female psychopaths operate and how it's different than the male psychopaths. And I'm zeroing on these differences because there are a lot of studies that have been done that describe the male psychopaths. And many of us know the typical description of male psychopaths, but we are amiss. We do not understand and fully comprehend. Most of us, I should should say that female psychopaths display different characteristics. So the, what are the differences? The first difference between male and female psychopaths is that when it comes to to female psychopaths, they may not be the, the kind of person that will commit bloody crimes that leave everyone wondering how could such a nice person commit this horrific act. In many cases, female psychopaths get, get others to do their dirty work. And so we have examples of that in the Bible. If we, if we look at passages such as 1 Kings chapter 21, we see an example of Jezebel who displayed many of the characteristics of a typical psychopath, where she had this lack of empathy, this lack of remorse, and had no, had no compassion for Naboth, that he wanted to keep this garden that, because he had sentimental values attached to it and would not sell it to the king. So Nabal refused to sell the garden to, to Ahab, her husband. And what, what Jezebel did was very typical of a psychopath. Psychopath. She she made up this lie that Naboth had insulted God and the king, and as a result, she had him stoned to death. We see other examples of Nabal uh, trying to kill Elijah, the prophet Elijah, as well. So in this in this elaborate scheme in First Kings twenty one, where she she had Naboth stoned to death by by telling basically telling a lie about him. This is how female psychopaths operate. They will not necessarily do the crime themselves, but they will get others to do their dirty work. So in, in church circles, they, the dirty work might be in terms of setting one group against another. It might be uh, building an alliance with someone in such a way that now that person is brainwashed into think that someone else that she doesn't like is against that person. And so you have this, this, 
this uh, conflict brewing in the church and people cannot understand why these things are happening. It, these uh, people who are female psychopaths will, as I said, the first point, use others to do their dirty work. So we, we see that in Jezebel and Ahab, but we also see this in the case of King Herod's wife in Mark chapter 6, verse 14 to 29, where Herodias, Herod's wife, had John the Baptist beheaded because John the Baptist had spoken out about the adulterous relationship that she and Herod was was having. And so she did not do the beheading herself, but she used Herod's power and created again another elaborate scheme of having her, da- her, her daughters dance before Herod and then getting him to promise them whatever he they wanted. And then she asked for the head of John the Baptist. So again, the first point is that female psychopaths will use others to do their dirty work. And the second point is that female psychopaths will assassinate character and destroy reputations. So they not only get others to do their dirty work and they might not kill, they might not commit violent act, but they will go to large large elaborate plans to assassinate a person's character if they don't like that person or maybe to cover up uh, or, or to achieve some selfish goals. There is a story about uh, a football player in the States in one of these high school that fell in love with one of the cheerleaders. And this cheerleader was breaking up with her boyfriend. And so she wanted to to get his empathy and his sympathy. So this female, which I consider to be a psychopath, made up this elaborate story that she was raped by a member of the the football team. And uh, this this young man lost his scholarship. He was in danger of being imprisoned until the the investigators discovered that she had made the whole thing up. She had set up this guy because she wanted some selfish objective to get the empathy of her boyfriend. So she assassinated this person's character, this person's reputation as a way of getting selfish of of achieving a, a, a selfish goal or a personal goal. And so, yes, female psychopaths will not necessarily kill and, and commit horrific crimes like male psychopaths, but they will assassinate character without any empathy or any compassion for, for the person. A third difference is that female psychopaths may be attracted to caretaking positions. And this is very, very important for us in our churches to understand because we often think of male psychopaths and you know they go, they go after multi-billion dollar corporation and they try to get to the head so that they can have fame and riches and power. Now, this is not so for female psychopaths. Female psychopaths are not so interested in 
in in the money or the power but they like the attention and they like the reputation of being very caring and loving and being admired by others so the power that the the female the, the male psychopaths uh thrive for or strive strive for is replaced by the need for attention and admiration in the female psychopath. So female psychopaths are are often found in churches, in care in in, in care caring position where they're admired for their empathy and their care of others. We know of stories recently of this nurse who 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 murdered a number of her patients. And this is in Canada, but there are also stories in the state of two nurses who were psychopaths in this hospital who came up with this plan that they were going to murder clients, uh, murder patients by their middle initial so that the name of the people that they, that they murder would spell the, the, the word murder. So if, you're, if your middle name was M, you were first on, on the list. And so, yes, so these, these psychopaths uh, go after or strive for admiration uh, uh, strive for reputation of being caring and loving, and so they're often found in charitable organizations. So that's a very important difference between male and female psychopaths. They often seek out the most vulnerable and, and unsuspecting victims. So we have heard about psychopaths who who go and you know kill people in in brutal way. But for female psychopaths, they will go after very vulnerable, very, very vulnerable victim. Another difference that researchers and psychologists are, are coming up with is that female psychopaths, when they are violent, they are most likely to be violent to someone they know. And so for, for, for male psychopaths, they're often killing people at random, strangers that they don't know. But for the female psychopaths, most of the violent crimes that have been done uh, is done is is against family members. This is according to psychiatrist Michael Stone and clinical psychologist Gary Brucato, authors of The New Evil. Uh, these two researchers said that from the studies that they have done, the psychopaths, the female psychopaths who do kill, go after people who are family members. The fifth difference between male and female psychopaths is that the, 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 the female psychopath will wear a badge of victimhood to manipulate and control others or make themselves seem superior. So an example of this is uh, some a psychopathic woman who claim to be stalked, and they make up these elaborate lies about being stalked by someone. And then when it is finally investigated, it is discovered that they weren't they weren't stalked, but they this 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 
elaborate lie that they came up with about having a stalker is to is to boost their self-esteem and the way others look at them. I am so irresistible that this person can't leave me alone. They're following me all around and I see them outside my house. Or they will make up uh, elaborate lies about being being uh, being pursued by men. And so they seek the, the attention and the praise. So they wear this victimhood as a, as a way to make themselves seem superior to others. And so the, the female psychopath uh, differs from the male psychopaths in, in that they will, they, will, they will appear to be vulnerable, not powerful. So whereas the male psychopath will have this atmosphere, this, this, not this atmosphere, but this attitude or persona of being powerful, the female psychopath may appear to be the victim and to be victimized and use that as a way to get sympathy and admiration. Because remember, as we said earlier, the female psychopath, she is more after sympathy and admiration than after power. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. I am your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And in today's show, we're talking about seven differences between the male and female psychopaths. If you miss the first part of this show, then I encourage you to uh, go to our YouTube channel where you will be able to listen to the full Podcast. This podcast, I think it's very important for our churches to understand the differences because churches will attract female psychopaths because of their need to be admired and their and their their their, their need to to be esteemed by others. And so if you have missed this show, it's very important for you to listen to the first part of it by going to our YouTube channel. Uh, we'd also like to remind you if, that if you're new to us and you, you are not familiar with Elim, you can find out more about us by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. You can also call us at one 544 3546 We are a professional counseling organization that provides counseling from a Christian perspective. So we have been talking about the the differences between male and female psychopaths. The fifth point we were on just before we we took that uh, commercial break was that female psychopaths wear a badge of victimhood to manipulate and control others or to make themselves seem superior. And so Potiphar's wife is an example in that. So we, we have this story in Genesis where uh, Potiphar's wife found Joseph attractive and went after Joseph. And when Joseph refused, she wore this badge of victimhood by saying, he sexually abused me. He came after me and he tried to to seduce me. And we know that story very well that Joseph ended up spending time in prison. And the fact that she was able to come up with that story without any kind of uh, reference to, to 
guilt or remorse or made no confession as far as we know after that would get him released from prison would indicate to me that she had some psychopathic tendencies that she was able to to do such a such a terrible thing to someone that she knew was innocent and so it's very important for us to understand that and i i know uh, this might seem as if it might we, we might be bashing females, but we are not. I know that there are females out there who have legitimate uh, harassment, who go through legitimate harassment, sexual harassment and stalking and all of that. And we are not trying to belittle that. But we should also keep in mind that there are about 1% or 0.7% according to the, the latest studies of females of the population that are psychopaths or female psychopaths. So it's important for us to, to bear that in mind. And then the sixth point is that they may fake, they may be able to fake genuine emotions. Now they, they did studies between male and female psychopaths, and what they found is that the male psychopaths they they didn't do well on emotional intelligent testing. There, there was a, a, a difference between how they reflected emotions based on what has been shown to them. So we know this stereotype of this stone-eyed psychopath who, who, whose face doesn't show any kind of emotions at all. And we might say, yes, that person has a psychopathic look. But it's very, very important for us to understand that female psychopaths can fake emotions. They do very well. They score much better on emotional intelligence testing than male psychopaths who, who may look cold and detached. So this is one of the problems that will have uh, investigators sometimes fool when there is a murder because they're able to male psychopaths that there's just something off with how they're displaying their emotions. But the female psychopaths, the, the, the tears that they shed and the, the reflection of emotion to, to grief and pain can seem very genuine because they do better uh, in faking emotions than the, the male psychopaths. And I think Potiphar's wife may have been a very good example of that. I imagine that when her husband came in, she was crying and saying, oh, he tried to take advantage of me. Oh, and she's shaking and she's showing all of these emotions. And uh, deep down, she know that she is she is lying, and so we should be aware of that. That just because someone cries, or just because someone seems to be displaying genuine emotions, doesn't mean that they're telling the truth. It's important for us to keep that in mind. Now, the, the seventh and final difference between male and female psychopaths is that female psychopaths will have promiscuous behavior or a series of short-term relationship. And this, this promiscuous behavior, again, is a way of getting attention from others and making themselves feel superior. So if if they are able to attract people by their beauty and seduce people, it gives them this sense of 
I am admired, I am loved, and so it feeds that need. So we find that female psychopaths, according to the studies, often have a number of a number of uh, short-term relationship or have promiscuous behavior. And so we, we can see this in Potiphar's wife in the Bible, that she was definitely promiscuous. Uh, I don't think Joseph was the first, the first slave that she went after. She's he's the only one that we are told. But the fact that she could easily do this by how he looks, just based on how he looked, uh, would say that maybe this is something that is part of her, her, her behavior. And so, yes, female psychopaths tend to be flirtatious and they use sex as a means of feeling admired, wanted, and being manipulated and controlled. So the question uh, that one of one of my listeners asked earlier on when we did a show by about psychopath is how what caused a person to become a psychopath and although we do not know the answer uh, for that uh, a definite answer for that some of the recent studies are showing that when it comes to female psychopath there is usually a history of neglect and abuse. And so uh, when, you, when you think about that, it makes sense because if you have been neglected, then the need for admiration and the need to, 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 to feel important uh, becomes, becomes uh, very large. You need to fill that void by getting admiration from others. And so these emotional wounds are at the root. And this is very, very important. If we have uh, young children who have been neglected or who have been abused, it is very important that we, we get help so that they don't have to turn to these, to these uh, nefarious uh, means to, to, to fill that void or to, to, or to stop that pain, that emotional pain that they're feeling. And so there you have it, the seven, the seven uh, differences between male and female psychopaths. And again, I want you to understand that this show is not to, to, to bash uh, females or to belittle what, what females go through in terms of harassment and, and all of that, but it's just to open our eyes because female psychopaths are very attracted to the, to caring ministries, to, to, to places where people are vulnerable and trusting. Today, I would like to remind you that if you have just tuned into this uh, to this show, we are on the air every Monday morning at nine thirty a.m. And if you're if you're new to Elim, you can find out more about us by going to our website elimcounselingministry.com. You can also call us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. We need your support to keep these episodes on the air and to be able to provide counseling for those who are in need but might not be able to afford it. Before we close today, I also want to remind you about our upcoming healing retreat that will be held on November 8 to 10 at Providence Point in Lanark. And again, we are only taking uh, 12 people. I think that's a maximum that we'll be taking this time. So if you would like to be a part of that, that special group of 12 that, that 
that group of 12 that will get the special attention and care that will facilitate healing, emotional, physical, and spiritual healing, then give us a call, 1-877-544-3546. And so we want to remind you that these podcasts can be heard. If you have missed the first part of this show, you can listen to the rest of it by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. We also encourage you to consider making a donation to our page, by go, by, to our, our ministry by going to our Patreon page. Now you can access that page through the YouTube channel by clicking that link on our website. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you for listening.